0: I pray right now in the name of Jesus that anything that has come into your home that tells you that you're a victim, anything that has come into your home and says that, no, you'll never make it, no, you're not good enough, I come against that now in the name of Jesus. And I
1: stand here today as someone that has conquered those things.
2: Now, back to the William Hill Sportsbook Inside Silver 7s with Cofield and Company.
1: I don't know what's going to happen with Derek Carr and where he lands and what his next contract is going to look like in the NFL. He's got a future. They were. He's got a future as a preacher.
0: They were eating it up.
1: He's pretty good. But I'd like to make a bet on this.
0: Will Derek Could, Carr be a preacher one day? No,
1: I think that's a guarantee. Can he make more money as a preacher if he does that for, like, 30 years than he did in the NFL?
0: Oh, if he goes down, like, the CD like, Joel Austin route for sure.
1: Mm-hmm. Kenneth Copeland, I think, is worth like eight hundred million dollars.
0: Is that the guy with the? He's
1: the, the, the older. Demon. He's the older guy with a yeah. d- giant mouth. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Got yeah. got very political. Still political, but uh, and has got I, I saw. I don't jets. know how recent the video was, but I saw um, our one of our favorite reporters, one of my favorite guests, Lisa Guerrero, on Inside Edition. Like walk up to him when he was getting on one of his private jets, and she's like. Why do you need this? And how do you pay for this out of your, you know, parishioners' pockets? And he like he was on the verge of exploding, but he kept it together. And he's like, I have to get back to you on the finances. Lord wanted me to have it. That sounds familiar. <laughs> but seriously, Derek Hart did a really good job the other day. It was uh, interesting. His de- his delivery with the music in the background was was pretty cool. Five o'clock hours here. Was it- silver sevens? It was. Uh, Silver 7s, it's our Thursday home. Football is done on Thursdays, but with hockey being played, well, pretty much seven days a week, right? But VGK playing on a lot of Thursdays, 77-cent beers on Thursdays. for, And it's all VGK games, but they have 77-cent beers when the puck drops for the game over at the Fortress. Bud, Bud Light, and Michelob Ultra upstairs, retooled, redesigned. City Cafe with a brand new menu. Good stuff. I Highly recommend the Chicken Fingers, although I got mocked on months ago for getting the Chicken Fingers, which, by the way, our discussion last week about are we all screwed going out, especially if we're breakfast people, and I'm not a breakfast person, but are we all screwed with the eggflation? Can you bread Chicken Fingers without eggs? Is there a way to do it? Or do you have to have a little egg wash?
0: So you have can to you have use egg wash, fake eggs you? to do
1: egg wash? I think I'm you curious.
0: Can. I think you can. I Think you do need eggs. Man. Yeah, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be oil. It's a nightmare. Stick.
1: Between big chicken and now big egg, what an order of six chicken fingers would be like twenty eight bucks. Maybe
0: you, might be, you, you might be able to talk. You might be able to do buttermilk, maybe. God, I hope. Chickenflation, along with the eggflation,
1: yeah. big chicken and big egg in cahoots. I mean, wouldn't they be?
0: One comes from the
1: other. I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> Chicken and the egg. There you go, John. Nice job. John Montobels here. Angel, it's Cofield, Silver 7's back in our Finley Tota Studios. It's Ari. Let's get to some headlines. Actually, let's stick with Derek Carr. So the Thank local you. paper has a story yesterday by uh, Vinny B from Raider Nation Radio 920. It is slugged on Twitter. Multiple teams will be interested in Derek Carr's as their next quarterback. The question is, will one or two be willing to give up something of value in a trade to jump to the front of that line? Before even commenting on what Vincenzo said, how big do you think the list is if, say, Carr's demands are at least 25 mil per season?
0: That silences the amount of candidates that I think there would be.
1: On the open market? Think so? you think his asking price going to have to be below, like way below what he just made?
0: It's probably going to have to be like twenty million or less, isn't it?
1: Are you serious? Yeah. Well, then why would they? You're coming off. Why a would Cam Carr ever risk not opting into the Raiders deal and making sure he gets that money, which is you know he could be due one eighteen over three years?
0: They have confidence that the fact that he was going to be there. I mean, sometimes you make wrong choices, right? Man. I mean, can it be that simple? Just got your top uh, your guy that you wanted this whole time, Devontae Adams. Everything's going to be fine. It's going to work out. I think it can just be that simple, can it?
1: I'm actually shocked that you believe that he's going to, on the open market, that he won't get at least 25 mil a year on, say, a two- or three-year deal.
0: I mean, I, I feel like if you're looking at it, and again, I'm, you're talking about his worst season as a pro, right? I don't think there's really any question. Every single number you look to says that he's in his worst season. You're kind of coming into the low, aren't you? So why would you make what you're currently making or on the deal that you were, why would you be making that? Probably going to get a pretty cheap deal. Or you're going to to sign him to a pretty cheap deal. And also, I mean... I guess if you're a team that thinks they're desperate enough that Derek Carr is going to be the difference that makes you a Super Bowl, maybe that drives his price up, but wouldn't you just trade for him if that was the case to guarantee that you get him? I think there's a reason why there's probably not going to be that many trade offers, if any.
1: I'll give you the teams listed in the paper. Tampa Bay.
0: These are teams that might trade for him.
1: These are teams that are interested. Okay. Vinny's story simply says, why would a team give up an asset when it could wait on Carr to hit free agency to sign him? He says there will be competition for his services, so a team could prefer to lock up its quarterback in a trade rather than relying on free agency. Mm -hmm. Tampa Bay. Makes I mean, they are, they are kind of a team of now. Yeah. They're, not, they're, they're, not, they're not built for, you know, let's be patient. Let's draft a quarterback, and we can, we can win in four years. Like, they were built around Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. All right. Tampa Bay, New Orleans. Dennis Allen, Raiders connections. They go right. back to the beginning of the Oakland era with Carr. Yep. Commanders.
0: Probably a team he'd probably put, I'd put at the top. I don't think he's ranking them, right? He's just listing them, so. Yeah.
1: But, uh-huh. David Carr did say last week that Derek is looking for a stable ownership coach relationship.
0: I would rebut that beggars cannot be choosers. New York Jets. I would love to see it.
1: Tennessee Titans
0: they are not trading for him. That makes no sense.
1: Your Colts, although one Colts writer last week said they're not interested.
0: Why? They have a top they have the 4th overall pick.
1: Did Brad Powers on a couple minutes ago make you a little nervous in his QB, you know, draft class analysis? Why? Well, saying that he doesn't I guess you won't have to mess – if you don't want to mess with Will Levis or Anthony Richardson, you don't have to because you have the fourth pick. Right. What if, what, what, if, what if two teams uh, – well, what if one of the three teams in front picked a quarterback or someone – like two teams jumps in front of you and they take Stroud and Young and then you have to mess with Anthony Richardson and Levis? You
0: can't, can't trade in front of the number one overall pick. Oh. Which the Colts are going to acquire.
1: Oh, that's going to happen? Yeah. Really?
0: You heard it here first, baby.
1: <laughs> Insiders say.
0: Bryce Young. Indianapolis, cult of the future.
1: Uh, Carolina Panthers are the eighth team that Vinny is suggesting would have interest.
0: But see, okay, the here's the thing. So the last three teams. So we're talking about Carolina, Tennessee, like or the last two. Even we'll, we'll stick to that. Again, so the concept of this list or the premise of this list is teams that would want to get in front of the line and trade assets to go and get Derek Carr, so they don't have to risk it via free agency. But if you're Tennessee or Carolina. A team that is frankly not close to competing for a championship, why would you spend assets to go get a guy who's going to be taking up that much money, right? To go eight and nine? I mean, he sure, sure, he raises your floor. Yeah. But that just doesn't make any sense that those teams would spend whatever assets it would take to get him.
1: I just feel like there's always a team that is. Dumb enough to overspend at the position they're most desperate for, and especially owners. When the owners are involved, sometimes they can't stay patient.
0: Let's see. I'm going to look this up really quickly. Because I think we were in July of last year, and we were thinking that that was going to be the same thing for Baker Mayfield, right? That a team was going to get desperate enough that they were going to ship off quite a few assets to go and get them. It ended up being a fourth or a fifth-round pick, depending he- on playing time.
1: Do you think Derek Carr right now is in the same place that Mayfield was last at the beginning of the season from yeah. a, per- a perception standpoint? Really? I think it's similar. Again, this year was that down?
0: I mean, he was coming off of, yeah, like across the board, he's coming off of a lot of, like, career lows.
1: But he's got a lot, of more, a lot more equity in terms of what he's done during his career.
0: He's also got a massive contract tied to him. I think all of those things together equate to a package or a, a, uh, an asset in Derek Carr that is going to be extremely hard to move. And, by the way, in a very short timetable, right? That's the other part about all of this.
1: There's a lot of Raiders fans who think that he's going to fetch something good.
0: I mean, if, if you think a third-round pick or a fourth-round pick is good.
1: Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, the year he had does devalue him. He's not getting first back. I don't think he was ever getting first in return. At the beginning of this season, it was probably his max value, and they decided to move forward with one more year with Derek Carr. Before this season, he may have fetched, like, a second and a conditional, like, fifth.
0: Right. Or maybe it was one of those where, like, he maybe fetched a conditional second, right? And if enough playing time, whatever, or right. some escalators, like Carson, then he goes with first. Right. Like deal. You know, maybe that was it. But I just think at this point right now, if you look at this logically – it just does not paint a picture of you're getting a ton back for Derek Carr if that's going to be the case, considering what those teams are going to have to eat if they go ahead and acquire them.
1: Eight teams. Uh, Denny put together that list. I mean, that sounds like a kind of a camp car type list, but I don't know. I mean, I would um, say yes. Who? You're down on Brady, too. I mean, Brady's not going to any of those teams we mentioned that are, you know, four and five win teams. Is the market going, if Brady wants to keep playing, is the market more competitive for Brady or Carr this year? Oh, Brady. Really? He's
0: Tom Brady. <laughs> like, I think. Yeah, but you were, like, trashing him. Of course. You were trashing but, him. But an I hour wasn't, now. no, I wasn't trashing him. I'm saying is when you go after a guy like Tom Brady, right, who I'm going to go out on a limb and say has had a better career than Derek Carr, okay? Is a better quarterback than Derek Carr. As much as his brother might argue against that. I'm yes. going to say that as and, a case. And,
1: and Brady believes that because uh, we do still believe that he called uh, Derek Carr a mother blanker, I which may true. be why David Carr was taking right. some subtle shots at Tom now.
0: I think they, I think the cars believe that too. Um, or maybe they know it. But if you're a team that's any one of these teams, right, because we're, we're throwing them both in the pot of this is a quarterback that could like maximize your value as a club, and if we feel like we're a step away, this is the dude that can take us to the promised land. Is the guy who has won, is it seven Super Bowls? is the guy who has won seven Super Bowls and who two years ago, actually, no, not even, a season ago, was actually leading. They didn't win the Super Bowl last year, but they they had the best offense in football because of him. Are you going to bank on the fact that the Hall of Famer with seven Super Bowl rings who is one year removed from elite football is the guy to do it? Or the guy coming off of his career worst season that doesn't have a shred of postseason success? I'm going to wager that Brady's got the bigger market.
1: So I gave you the plan earlier for the Raiders. They bring in Brady as a bridge, and then use that top pick for a quarterback. Could you actually do that? Could you actually convince Brady, hey, we're gonna we're gonna draft the guy who's behind you, and we're gonna set you up with a Super Bowl contender? Can you do both, or do you have to use the seventh pick to get a top-notch whatever? Phil, you know, young try. guy at at, at D line at it's not gonna be linebacker at seven um, at O line. Could you turn the seven into multiple picks? Like, if you're Tom Brady, you're like, no, 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 no. If I'm coming there, like, I got two years. You got to get help now at positions who are going to play. You don't. My understudy ain't going to play. Right. So no, you don't spend the seventh pick on my freaking backup.
0: I mean, I would say if you're team building, you're trying to convince him of that. And my, I get my rebuttal to him too would be. What is – even if it's the seventh overall pick, right, if it's the Raiders, what is a top ten – is a top ten edge rusher in his first and second years in the NFL going to make that difference for you winning a Super Bowl? I mean, I guess there's a chance he comes in and he's elite, like, immediately.
1: A right tackle on on the O-line.
0: Yeah. I mean
1: – It's all that.
0: I guess. I mean, I, I can understand both prospects, but I think if you're talking – to Tom Brady about it, you're like, look, Tom, like you're going to be here for two years. We've got a franchise that's going to be around past you. This is what we got. We're going for free agency. We'll try to acquire the pieces, but and besides, wouldn't you rather want a rookie? Or excuse me, a veteran as opposed to a rookie? Of course. So I think you can convince him. I think it'd be pretty easy.
1: 364-1100, 364-1100. We got WWE SmackDown tickets. The event's here on March 24th. Tomorrow is actually the first day you can buy the tickets, so we're giving away these tickets before you can even buy them. WWE SmackDown, AXS.com. They go on sale tomorrow. It's at the MGM Grand Garden, 364-1100. WWE is in town Friday, March 24th. Call or 364
2: 1100 Get 77-cent bottles of Bud, Bud Light, and Michelob Ultra on Golden Knights game days at the Silver Sevens Hotel and Casino.
0: basically like New England West with the Las Vegas Raiders. And obviously you got Brady and Josh McDaniels, who was office offensive coordinator for so many years. And so they share the same type of vision. I'm sure that being out of Las Vegas, you no know, state income tax, you know, players always think about that type of stuff. And Brady will probably recruit some guys to come out there and play with the Raiders as well. So that seems like the most logical
2: fit. Hanging at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver 7s, it's Cofield and Company. Brady
1: uh, Brady Mania running wild. Running wild. Brady Mania running wild. Is he going to come to the Raiders? John Montobel's here. It's Cofield. We're going to check in in Denver in less than 10 minutes with uh, Judge Dan, who does Sports Talk Radio. Is it a real judge. Uh, Does Sports Talk Radio on the fan in Denver. Find out what's going on with Sean Payton and all the other stuff around the Denver Broncos. We've been talking a lot of coaching today, old school, new school. Talking about Deion Sanders earlier. Fire and Brimstone, assistant coach of Colorado, Tim Brewster. (laughs) Let's talk fire and Brimstone when it comes to college basketball coaches. So right now the Runner Rebels are in a swoon. They really need to win. We keep saying that. They really need to win at Fresno on Saturday. Fresno's not good. Hopefully, Elijah Barkay, their best defender, is back and can play, you know, 15, 20 minutes coming off that knee injury on January 10th. Check that. December 10th. So I had a Rebel fan onlooker watch one of the post game videos after the Utah State game, and Kevin Kruger was pretty composed, and you know just talked about the game and wasn't mad. It was like twenty minutes after the game, and the person said, "Hey, I'd like for once, I'd like to see a little fire out of him." And this has always been a theme, maybe not with Otzelberger, but it's always been a theme around Rebel fans going back to Dave Rice that they needed a, a lunatic on the sidelines to scream and yell. Uh, And by the way, can we add? Not just get mad. You got to get a T, right? You got to get a technical.
0: You have to put your team in a disadvantageous position. You got to get angry because that's going to help you win getting called for a technical foul. How does that logic work? And can we just say look, I haven't been for the last couple of weeks, been to practice this season. Kruger's not exactly like the mild mannered guy that you think he is. Not Clark Kent. I'll just put it that way, watching him behind the scenes. And I think he might even speak to that a little bit if you really asked him, right? And, and, like, you don't have to be over-the-top, screamy, yelling guy. I don't really understand what that is. And the point is, again, you're asking him to actively put your team behind the eight ball. I don't understand when fans ask for that. It's not going to help. And do I dare say this? It's like UNLV football in that, yes, in these tight games, we'll call them the right, you know, these really tight contests. Uh, Arroyo really struggled in one-score games. What do you win? One of them, and that was only because somebody got in the back door and made it a one-score game. In these tight games, where you're losing to Utah State by four, you're blowing it against San Francisco or San Jose State or Colorado State. Yeah, the end-game execution has to be a lot better. I don't think there's any question about that. But to say an angry Kevin Kruger is one of the reasons why it's not happening. Come on.
1: Well, that Kruger needs to get angrier.
0: Right. Sorry. Yes. Apologies. Yes, he's got to get angrier. Why do so
1: many fans think that coaches who are good yell and scream? Because
0: old school ones did, I guess. I mean, think about all the highlights of all the old good ball coaches back in the day, right? And I'm I'm just going to go out on a limb. I would say generally – There's probably a pretty, like, linear chart of person who thinks getting angry will help team win and advancement of age, right? I'm sure there's not that many, like, people my age or maybe a little bit older, 10 years, that are really asking for it. I think it's probably a bunch of older folks who watched basketball back in the day and think that's the way it has to be done, or football.
1: Well, maybe it's the way they were brought up. Right. That the only you know, they believe the only way to get through to people is to be super confrontational and scream and yell and threaten them. It's not the only way it works.
0: Well, especially in a game setting. Like that's the other thing. Right? Like you get you get in trouble. Like there's something that happens against your team when you get called for a technical. That's not good.
1: Yeah, people also made a big deal of uh, Elijah Arklis, E. J. Arklis, had a really difficult game against Utah State. He got in foul trouble early, then picked up a silly third, got a fourth, then they called a foul on him and fouled him out. It wasn't him. He wasn't near the play. It was actually Keyshawn Gilbert. He goes to the sideline, and it was so friggin' loud there that there was a lot of yelling on the bench, and people thought there was some kind of confrontation between uh, Harkless and, and John Cooper, and they're trying to build some drama out of that, and Kruger after the game was like, eh, it was it was loud. You know, he was mad. He was really frustrated. Harkless was like, it's nothing. And now people, you know, it's, I think people are looking for controversy. Like, the team is frayed. they you realize in sports, like, the more you watch, if you really watch closely, on this show we talk about coin flip games. Right. A lot of games really are decided by, like, five plays. And if you watch the Utah I mean, the, the Colorado State game, a guy made a near half-court shot on a, on a freaking throw-in over his head, like yep. a soccer-style throw-in. That's insane. And in this game, a dude was shooting 27-footers. He hit, like, three of them. Taylor Funk in the first half. And the Rebels simply had bad switches in the final 90 seconds.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's not a they're afraid or they're falling apart. Now, could continued losing get them frustrated where they're going to have to coach them up to stick together? Possibly. I believe they're together. Keyshawn Hall is really good offensively as a freshman. We haven't seen him, but you saw his abilities. He had 19. He blew a switch. He blew a switch, and he left a 51% three-point shooter in uh, Stevie Ashworth open. And he nailed it. Yep. And then Keyshawn Gilbert screwed up on a switch, and that allowed the kid Barstow to hit a seven, or you know fifteen foot jumper to put him up by four. It's it's more execution than it is anything else. You know, versus the coach screaming or Harkless getting mad because he fouled out. If only you
0: had, I don't know, an elite on ball defender just waiting in the wings to come back at some right. point. Like that's the other part about it, right? Like I think Parquet makes a very big difference. And if you think about this, right, so of the six losses we're talking about, you had the two, we'll call them lopsided-ish losses to San Diego State and Boise State. The other four were by a combined ten points. Two of them went to overtime. You don't think a guy like Elijah Parquet makes a difference in those losses? And what would you just say? You said the word switch, I think, three times. Those are all defensive issues that a guy like Parquet fixes. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve Cofield and at JVT. or tweet
1: the show at Cofield Co a very good quarterback became incredible with a great coach and that's great but i'm not
0: sure that i can just suddenly put a bunch of that into a pot stir it around and recreate that magic especially if i have to give up a bunch of my future draft equity to do it that's the failing in the logic with sean payton i don't believe that any one coach in the nfl right now can come in and suddenly save everything
1: it is a players league you need talent
2: now, back to the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver 7s with Cofield and Company.
1: Let's talk Denver. Let's bring in Judge Dan from the fan. We're live here at Silver 7, Von Tobel and Cofield. Judge Dan, how are you, buddy?
2: I'm great, man. Good to talk to you.
1: I know. It's been a while. Um, you know, the Broncos kind of died on the vine at the end of the season, so there wasn't really a whole lot to talk about with, uh, <laughs> right, no, with, the, uh, with the Broncos. The, the,
2: the, right. Well, I've been wondering, what, who are the Raiders going to get for a coach?
1: Uh, well, they, they have. You're late to
2: the party, guys. You're going to miss out on all the great coaches. You're not really going with Josh McDaniels, no, still, they're, are they're you? Going,
1: they're going with Josh McDaniels. Smart Alec. <laughs> they're going with Josh McDaniels. Before we get to Peyton and the other guys who could be in for the opening in Denver, i got to roll this one by you because this is kind of the whole por- uh, post-mortem thing with Hackett and Russell Wilson. Are you surprised that teams like the Jets, maybe no commentary on the Jets, are you surprised that Hackett... Could immediately get a gig as an OC after the season he just put up?
2: He has a great reputation. I don't know why. Uh, he was a terrible – he's a nice guy. I'm sure other coaches like him. Uh, he was he was atrocious as a play caller. Um, he was an atrocious as a head coach. He didn't call plays. He has relatively little experience as a play caller, um, especially in recent history until this year. Yeah, I am surprised, to be honest with you. So you don't think that this is a a case you can make like, hey, a little
0: less on your plates. You get to focus on one thing. It'll bring the best out of you if you can just kind of get
2: hyper-focused on your one job, Nate. No, because you got to remember, he didn't call plays in Green Bay. He has been a coordinator before in other stops. A lot of that, for example, Doug Marone was kind of do what you're told, run the ball. It wasn't particularly innovative, and they played around their defense. So he's had limited success as an actual play caller, and that wasn't this year. With, we Everybody thought Russell Wilson was going to be great, and they thought they had all these weapons. It turns out not to be the case, but he wasn't impressive calling plays this year, that's for sure.
1: Judge Dan with us from the fan in Denver. All right, let's start at the top of the heap here. Um, who, do you, who do you believe put out the Sean Payton is looking for 20 to 25 mil a year? Is, it, is this in the rumor mill? Do you think it's from Camp Payton?
2: Where is this coming from? Yeah, I think so. And, but those are the numbers that have always been thrown around. You know, f- you know, four or five years, 20, 25 million. There's always this. Everybody no, no, likes No, no, this... no, 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 no. No. A year? 20 to 25 a year. Yes. Correct. For four yes. or five years. Yes. Yes, okay, that's, that's it. Seems, that's...
1: That seems to be crushing the cap off of what coaches have been making around the National Football League. That seems like a high number.
2: Well, when, when they have been so abhorrent at hiring head coaches, they've been so inept. By the way, they're not even letting their GM in the room for the final interviews this time because he sucks so badly at hiring head coaches. They're like, George, thanks for setting these up. Thanks for the coffee. Did the donuts, did the bagels get in the middle of the conference room table? Thanks. You go, you're, you're good. Go home early today. Like he's not even going to be in the room on these things. Uh, they're so bad at it. And there is some indication. People always want to assume that because owners have money, they're willing to spend it. That's not always the case. Why don't you see Stan Kroenke, for example, won't even, you know, write a check to get his teams on the air as far as the abs and nuggets, right, in this town for almost half a decade now. They don't all like to spend money. The, the guy, the Walmart air that owned the Royals for years and years wouldn't spend money, right? So they don't necessarily always want to spend money, but there is some inkling that this – these owners, this ownership group, they did not like the way their product was embarrassing them and embarrassing the city and that they'd be willing to spend for the right coach. So what about the other aspect of Peyton? What would a trade look like, right? Because they did ship off quite a few
0: assets already for Russell Wilson. What do their, their coffers look like and what would a deal look like, at least in terms of the actual trade
2: itself? What we're hearing is, is that the Saints want, they're going to start by asking for – two first-round picks, but that will probably be back down. There will be at least one first-round pick involved, and then I wouldn't be surprised to see a, you know another one thrown in there. And the Broncos will be willing to do that again? Well, we don't know that. They haven't said that, but they know that there was at least a little initial conversation to get permission to interview them, right? So they were the first one to get permission to interview from the Saints. So I think they probably – they probably know a little bit of the framework, framework, so to speak, and the, and they're interested. They didn't say, nah, that's too high, I'm out.
1: Dan Jacobs with us. Judge Dan, one of the hosts on The Fan in Denver. To me, this shape's... By the way, did you see
2: the Mountain Lion story? Did you guys uh, see uh-oh. that?
1: oh dropping the Mountain Lion story.
2: Well, you, where, you here that? or there? Here, so our, our new afternoon drive host. You guys remember Derek Wolf, longtime Bronco, and yes. yes, sure. played for the Ravens? Yes. No, he was. shot... He's 6'5", 300 pounds. He shot a mountain lion that was going crazy in a neighborhood. There's a picture of it on Deadspin. I think it was oh Deadspin. Um, this thing, he's holding this thing up. He shot it with a bow and arrow. Somebody said, oh Derek, God. we got a this mountain lion. He's taking down cats and dogs. He goes, I'll be right there. And uh, he's our new afternoon drive host. He goes down there with his bow and arrow. He says he's supposed to be Colorado's new, Colorado's version of Ted Nugent. And he took out this cat I mean it must have been this cat must have weighed 250 pounds he he, he could barely pick it up and he's six five it's crazy
1: is I mean is that is that popular with everyone no it's not, <laughs> yeah, it's not. I mean, that's right I think there's probably a lot of people who are like, dude what are you doing but I don't know all the details you See, so what, and here's what kind the deal though there was.
2: Our guys out there killing mountain lions. Jvt's out there killing our parlay cards. So yeah. I don't know. It's about. I, was that all
1: an elaborate setup for a oh, yeah. for a Jvt joke? <laughs> no, it just
2: hit me. That was it awesome. just hit me. Also, I you mean,
0: know? can you, can he have more of an ego? I mean, use a gun.
2: No, he, d- he uses a
0: bow and arrow. I don't know. I, I, Why trust do you say me. that? I mean, like, oh, okay, yeah, I've, I can get enough torque on this arrow that I can kill a uh, kill a mountain lion. I
1: don't know if all that's like.
2: Oh, trust me. Those bows as
1: you're deciding what you're going to yeah. do.
2: Well, no, he's a bow hunter. He, okay, he, you know, there you he go. Likes, he likes bow hunting. But you know, trust me, th- there's enough torque on the thousand, several thousand dollar bow weapon he has. I, 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 I'm sure there was no doubt now. It's quicker with a gun, I'm sure. Yes.
1: You would know all about that living in that region. I would know nothing about it, nor would John. So we were trying to talk farming earlier, and that, that went up in smoke pretty quickly. Let yeah,
0: me, the uh, eggs.
2: I heard, I heard the story yeah. about the eggs. Yeah.
0: Um, by the way, I know all about the Expedition X-30 compound bow, so let's just... What the okay. on that? All right. So you didn't think you, Okay,
2: well then you should know already.
0: Yeah, I'm more of a Hoyt Ventum 33 hunting boat type of guy, you just, but you, know. you just did a search. <laughs> Cut it out.
2: <laughs> yeah, uh,
0: yeah.
1: Judge Dan I like
2: how, I like how JVT didn't acknowledge my uh, parlay card thing killing the you know at all. He just well, that's, right, I right take the, the Festivus rules. I don't I don't well, really. That's, that. that's yeah. the,
1: that was the job yeah. of Ari. He should have had a rim shot ready to go and it would have worked, but he didn't do it for. You. <laughs> um last thing on Peyton. I think this is kind of a game of chicken on Denver's part. As they look around, like I'm sure they really want Sean Payton. Where else is he going this year? Like what other desirable job is there that he would take?
2: Well, they say the Panthers okay. m- might be more desirable. They're a little bit more set up. They have more assets. They might be a little more, you know, set up for more favorably cap, cap wise. The big question is, is, is Russell Wilson, who would have thought Russell Wilson could actually be a deterrent to a Sean Payton type. You would think, "Oh, he'd love coming here. He's got an established quarterback. He he could he could fix him." Like everybody is talking about, "Can Russell Wilson be fixed or is he shot?" I mean, can you imagine that? I mean, when we made this trade or when no. the Broncos made the trade, you wouldn't have thought that.
1: There's no way. No, no, no. No. He's a he was a I still believe he is an upper half of the league quarterback and I think some of that some of the stuff bashing Russell Wilson has been a bit overdone I still think it's an attractive franchise to go to they, they still need to build you know more talent they need to get a running back there's other positions they're thin at what what do you think happened with Harbaugh do you think he what do you think those conversations were like because he's I can only imagine a Walmart dude who's worth whatever what, what is he worth 75 billion dollars uh, talking to the oddness that is Jim Harbaugh
2: yeah, very strange and even more strange. You're talking about leaks. You, you had Harbaugh the whole way, right out the gate, kind of leaking a fake story about his talk with the Panthers, right? He's like, oh, Harbaugh is interviewing with the Panther, Panthers and the, talking to the Panthers owner, trying to drum up a fake interest in his candidacy. And finally the Panthers came out and said, no, it was more of a courtesy, right? It wasn't an interview. It was a courtesy because he kept bugging us. He was very persistent in trying to get us on the phone, so we did that. And then he leaks a story or somebody leaks a story that all they have to do is make him an offer and Harbaugh is going to take the job. Now, what I had heard was he he's not the way things went down with him and uh, with the 49ers terrible. And then last year he pulled some weird act with the Vikings when he interviewed for that job, acting like it was his job, to, you know, just, well, what are you going to offer me guys? And they're like, no, we're not even sold on you. What do you mean? Like, we're, we may not even make an offer. Go home, right? And so he's just, I think his act has worn really thin. And then he was like, uh-oh, I ain't getting an offer. Or if I do, it's going to be kind of a bad look. So I better just go back to Michigan. Yeah,
1: and then, then there was a note that uh, what Harbaugh of eight head coach candidates was the only one who wanted to do his interview via Zoom. Right. He's a weird dude, man. Yep. He's well, just I mean, so I think he, he wants to be coveted he wants to be treated as a big prize and i think most organizations now are not foolish enough to make everything about the coach. Hey, there's a process to go through. We're not giving you the job. You have to interview the same way everyone else does and impress us to get the
2: job. Right, i think it was i think it, for him it was yeah, it's ego. It was embarrassing and i don't think his he thought he was going to be a hot commodity. It turned out he's not and then now I guess he could have spin control and saying, yeah, I, I did it just to see what was out there. But I always wanted to go back to Michigan.
1: All right, I got some legal angles to get to here. Ari, fire this uh, this uh, attorney here talking about there. there's a big story uh, at the beginning of the year. It hasn't been that long, but of a guy actually in Colorado Springs being stopped by the security guard slash greeter at Walmart trying to leave and demanding that he show his receipt. And the guy's like, yeah, I'm not showing my receipt. I don't have to do that. Uh, Listen to this attorney on the the whole take about being detained at a place like Walmart.
0: Can a security guard hold you at a store against your will? Many states like Texas allow temporary
1: detainment when the guard reasonably believes that someone is stealing. But if a guard injures or assaults you, you now have a civil lawsuit against that guard. This is why stores train their security guards not to use force when they detain someone. Okay, this is a weird story because you can see both sides to it. We're seeing a lot of shoplifting where people are just walking out the front door. So how do you stop that? But um, do, do does, does someone at the front of Walmart have the right to go, hey, show me your receipt, or I'm not letting you leave?
2: Well, it's a temporary detention, yes. I mean, in general. That's I mean, in law school, that's what they taught us. I haven't had one of those cases. But my understanding has always been, yes, and it's, it sounds counterintuitive. It sounds completely unfair But I was, you know, what they taught us was, yeah, you'll get in big trouble if you resist uh, being detained for the purpose of that or, you know, not emptying your pockets or whatever. Because you're like, what? You need a warrant. You can't do that to me. It doesn't sound constitutional. But, yeah, I think my understanding has always been there's been an exception now that may have changed. um, but. For me, it was always, yeah, they have the right to do that because they're protecting their property. Generally, like I, I actually had a target last year. I saw a guy steal. I go, you stop. And he goes, no. And I said, I'm going to report you. I run up to the front of the store, tell the tell the employees, this guy's stealing from you. Stop him. And they just let him walk on out and they do nothing.
0: Wow. Didn't know you were shill for the corporate overlords of Target. That's pretty sad.
2: Well, Uh, you know, if somebody's stealing, uh, you know, right in front of you, I I, I tend to think that's not the right thing.
1: Did you watch this video, John?
2: Uh, I didn't get a chance to, but I was going to ask. So in these
0: situations, if you're being detained by a greeter, if I'm just like, screw this, I'm out of here, and I just walk by them and, like, brush by them, am I physically escalating the situation?
2: Just uh, incidental contact, so to speak. Yeah, like I'm just uh, walking
0: by. They're like, "Stop!" And I'm like, "No, I don't have to show my receipt. I'm not doing this. This is ridiculous. You're a greeter. I'm walking away."
2: No, I mean you're not escalating it. If, if there's incidental contact and there's no damages there, you know, on that uh-huh. side. But I mean, everything's on video at Walmart, right? So, but again, it, does the law say in your state? Does the law in Las Vegas? It may very well say they they can detain you. Um, and the way it was explained to me when we were coming up was, yes. And if you resist or you you uh, disobey that, quote, lawful order, so to speak, you could get in trouble.
1: Mm. <laughs> I think you got to get on TikTok. There's some good videos on this.
2: I, I know. T- I heard you guys uh, say the whole show The whole show is TikTok
1: now. It is. I get a lot of ideas because, you know, the, the world is on TikTok now. Not really. Um, what's going on at the Jacobs household tonight? You're a, you're a big chef. You're a big cook. You're a big uh, barbecue guy, big guy, pit master, big guy. Well, no, he lost a lot of weight. Uh, I, I can't bring that up, though, because he gets insulted when I – Whatever. Um, you got goulash You're night You still look
2: fat, but you, you lost weight. Good, no, good job, Jacob.
1: I'm blown fat. away. I'm like, hey, you lost a lot of weight. You used to be a really big yeah. guy. Um, goulash night. First of all, what is goulash and what goes into this thing?
2: Yeah, I didn't know you saw that. I didn't. Um, but yes, we made goulash for 600 people today for our free meals program. Oh, oh
1: wow. Okay. Because you, uh, you, you guys make food for uh, charity every week. What goes every into other- goulash?
2: So it's ground beef. Uh, and they, you know, I'm surprised you haven't seen this on TikTok, air fryer uh, goulash. But no, it's just, uh, <laughs> um, it's just macaroni noodles, ground beef, garlic, uh, tomato sauce. Uh, you know, spices, secret, secret Jacobs recipe. You just put it all in a big pot. It's warm. It's cold out here, guys. Love it. Uh, big time snowstorm the last couple of days. It's something hearty to fill your belly on a on a cold cold Colorado evening.
1: Uh, did you see? There was a little discussion on. On Twitter, you guys are, you know, kind of part of the Mountain West in Denver with uh, Fort Collins and Colorado Springs, you know, relatively close south and north. Um, Matt Leinert, for some reason, well, it's basically to get some engagement, but Matt Leinert, the former USC quarterback, was asking, if you had to go and live in a Mountain West Conference city for 10 years, what would you choose? And, uh, of course, all the, you know, a lot of folks in the Mountain regions of the Mountain West were bringing up their cities. And I put my list out yesterday, and I said simply – I just can't do super cold areas. And uh, your guy, Chad Anders, who does radio there, he got all mad at me. He was, he was, he was kind of chuckling.
2: He was kind of chuckling <laughs> about the super cold remark. I'm like, I don't like cold weather. Well, he was texting me stuff yesterday about the new recruits for Deion Sanders. You know, gotta be, have to be recoiling with all the shots of all the ridiculous snow we got yesterday. Yep. So Chad was right there.
1: Exactly. Exactly. You know what it's like. Mm-hmm. Now Denver's beautiful, but the weather can be... Incredibly wonky. And, you know, listen, Denver's not officially a Mountain West Conference city. We're talking about if you have to go and live in Logan, Utah or Laramie, Wyoming or Colorado Springs or Fort Collins, that's a different ball of wax. Fort Collins is nice. I just could not deal with the weather for
2: at least four or five months a year. That's it. Well, Fort Collins also—it wasn't built. The, the problem we're running into both in Colorado Springs and Fort Collins is, and I think you may guys have some of that going on in Vegas as well. Yeah. Um, it was Fort Collins was definitely—it was a cow town. It was Colorado Agricultural College, right? It was not meant to be. This—the roads were not built wide enough, and so traffic. Although it's a beautiful, beautiful city, uh, the traffic is a little bit of a bear. There were people responding
0: to liner in all seriousness, having Laramie, Wyoming, in like their top two.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, right. <laughs> yeah. Right.
1: It's just too friggin' cold there, and it's and it is a really small town. Now, cold, if, that, if that's windy. what you like, then that that's fine. But I mean, your other some of your other
2: choices are Honolulu and San Diego. <laughs> Come on. Right. And bugs in Laramie, but yeah. Well, Honolulu kind of. I mean, have you been to Honolulu? You've been around. That I island. was,
1: I was there, uh, yeah, at the end of the football season. I can see some negativity there too.
2: <laughs> I had to pay a ransom for my daughter's cell phone from the meth head that lifted it from her outside of a shop.
1: Yeah. like
2: lots of meth, lots of poverty, Honolulu. You, you know, it's you go to the other islands. People know that now. You know, it's gotten, a, it's gotten
1: a little rougher over the years. Yeah, crime. Yes, crime is a problem. Uh, last one. Dan Jacobs is actually, of all the uh, people who contribute to the show, he's probably the, the biggest world traveler. He travels a lot. Watkins. Uh, Watkins. Watkins. Well, that's a good point. Watkins does. <laughs> <laughs> You're both attorneys, but uh, cut from a different cloth. Um, John, you, uh, were you trying to go in on uh, New York for what? Oh, just the, general, the lifestyle or the fans? No,
0: just the people. The general New Yorkness. Like, New York is not as big and bright and as important as New Yorkers make you think it is. And I've never met people, by the way, who are more thin-skinned about it and need you to believe it than people who I thought lived in the best city in America. Why do you need somebody from Las Vegas to validate your
2: city if it's so incredible? So, New York, I, I went to New York for the very first time last March for that uh, sports radio conference, and I got to tell you, I was 100% absolutely blown away. It is like no other place else in the country as far as the things they have there, the architecture, just the culture, everything. My favorite thing may have been like the 150-pound cat in a sweater that was being uh, ferried around by by this guy. Um, (laughs) It is like no place on earth that I'm aware of. Now, you know what's coming next, though, Cofield. Great place to visit. Wouldn't want to stay. Like, you know, exactly. It, you spend a it's, week or two and it'll yeah. blow your mind. I want to go back with my wife because she didn't she wasn't there. New York is phenomenal. But it's like it's, you know, it's 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 like uh New Orleans on steroids. Like New Orleans, you go there for a day or two, get some great food, get some great meals, and you get out, right? At least New York has a bunch more than that, but I'm not spending more than four or five days there.
1: Dan, you're awesome. We appreciate the spot on short notice. Thank you. Hopefully, you get a coach right. here. We'll uh, we'll call you back in, uh you know inside no a week or Prime. so. Coach Prime,
2: Coach Prime.
1: There you go. <laughs> Dan Jacobs from the fan. That's what I was going to say. Same thing as I as, right. as he was saying that it New York is an incredible place to visit, but it is a hard place to live. That's this. You have to get you have to get used <laughs> to a lot of. A lot of things. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of hassle. There's a lot of cost. I was
0: blown away by the smell when I walked out of Penn Station.
1: But you did nail something 100%. Many of their sports people are incredibly thin-skinned in spite of the fact that they puff out their chest, that they're super tough, and so is Boston. Yep. But it, I'm They
0: want to amazed. bully
1: everyone and say, hey, we're the best. Nothing is like this place. And then you fire back and like, like Don't be a baby about it. Everyone likes to live where they like to live. Not everything in those areas is wonderful. You got to think it's the greatest city on the
0: planet. If you were so great, then why is it like, why do you bother with my own opinion?
1: Not everything here is wonderful. I actually, on that Mountain West Conference city list, I didn't list Vegas as the number one spot. No. I recognize San Diego is super expensive to live, but it is awesome. It is
0: great. And also, I want to kick some of you while you're driving around in these streets.
1: Boy, oh boy. We didn't get to it today. Well, uh, we're going to have daily updates on N NDOT now has a whole graphic for Tropicana, the construction at Trop in the 15, and all, it's really for all the places you can get the updates. It's pretty incredible driving around town. It's going to be it's going to be wacky here for the next couple of years. Good times on the way, John. <laughs> They're going to be wanting to speak. All right, we're up against it. Thanks to Silver Sevens for housing the show today. We'll see you tomorrow over at Treasure Island.